The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Hey there. Welcome to Laughter Permitted. I'm Julie Fowdy. I'm Lynn Ozawi, and get ready, Dope Village. It's Hammond time. Yep, you can't touch this. Our guest is Las Vegas Aces head coach and absolute rock star, Becky Hammond. And full disclosure, we've wanted Becky on the podcast for a while now, and so we were very excited that we got to catch up with her at the ESPNW Summit. And the timing ended up being great because we were able to talk with Becky about winning a WNBA championship. And, mind you, she did it in her first year as a WNBA head coach. Boom! You might also know that Becky previously was an assistant coach with the San Antonio Spurs for eight seasons, becoming the first woman to have a full-time assistant coaching job in the NBA. And prior to getting into coaching, Becky played in the WNBA for 16 seasons, both with the New York Liberty and San Antonio Stars, and was a six-time All-Star. She's a native of Rapid City, South Dakota, and Becky played her college hoops at Colorado State and Her basketball journey has included playing in two Olympics for Russia as well. You could call her an underdog, but we'll just say she's a complete badass baller, as you're about to hear. So get comfortable listening. It's Becky Hammond. Hey there, Dope Village. Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives, and truly, We've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women. And every time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. And honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. And Ally is currently on a mission to change the game for women sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces, Ally has committed to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And you, my friends, can be part of the change by... Watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV by going to women's sporting events in person by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women. Because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting ally.com. Kick back, relax, and unwind. Let's have a good time Do you want to tell your story first or do you want me to tell my story first? Let's You're the it. guest. 
You tell your story first. When you got the boss. here, I'm here. <laughs> yes, you, that's to you. right. I'm the boss. You the boss. Thank you. You the boss. So when Becky's going on stage, Lynn doesn't even know the story. Becky's going on stage with Hannah Storm. At, or we're here at the ESPNW Summit. We're gonna set the scene with that one. We're here at the ESPNW Summit. Mm-hmm. We just finished and. Oh hi Valian. Oh hi Valian. Thank you. Great place. You should all try it. Uh, and <laughs> Becky is uh, backstage and. Um, she said, the first thing she said to me was, well, when I got my Bloody Mary this morning, <laughs> I was like, come here, let's hug it out. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got it. Had we you. known. I mean, we would have I it. do love green olives. So <laughs> it's it has, nothing else but the green and olives. And the spice. The spice is always what makes the Bloody Mary. And okay. I'm, I mean, to be fair to myself, I'm just going to say I'm not normally like a morning drinker, less a day drinker. I'll drink socially, but like it's not typically my thing. But if you saw this place, yeah. right. you'd order a drink. You would. It makes you, you want to order a drink. You would be doing the 8 a.m. Bloody Mary. Yeah. 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 That was the other thing. I was up I'm at like leaving. six because I'm on the different time zone. <gasps> So you know how Wait, it is. Yeah. You woke up at 6 a.m. this morning? Because I was with you late last night. <laughs> yeah, both mornings. Yeah. Stop I mean, it. Ugh, don't Jeez. ever get into coaching. Ever. Because yeah. your mind doesn't turn off. Doesn't your brain. Oh, even doesn't even matter. Even after you win? Yeah. No. No. Back. We're going to have to lay down on the couch. I know. I need a session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need a therapy session. Because I mean, that's the other scene to set. That dance scene last night. <laughs> No, you're dancing. First of all, I walk in super late. Yeah. Because I came. took a total nap and was uh, like passed oh, out. Solid. And my homie That's... Jane Appel hit me up. It's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm just waking up. Like, I, this place makes you want to like have a drink and go to sleep. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Staring out your window because it's gorgeous out here. But anyways, so I tried to sneak in through the back ways and all of a sudden I'm like there's playing spin the bottle but it's for <laughs> dance moves I was like so, is Julie Bounty doing the worm right now what is happening I clearly missed the best part of the party uh, no you got in right as it was cresting uh, it was it, it was, was peaking a, it was a build-up so there I don't think it was already built day, <laughs> day two night two of the summit there's mm. traditionally dancing last night Set well, a set a yeah. new set a new level. L Duncan new bar. has its yeah. second career in DJ. DJ, no, DJ she was L. really doing she it. She was really good. I was yeah. like, she had the mic. She yeah. had it all. No. Yes, <laughs> multi-talented girl right, right there. Well, yes. I will say there was one. So there was this feeling of this party just went up a notch when you Becky walked in. Yeah. It's just like this this party just got legitimized. What about when I started dancing? Because that could take the whole quality down. <laughs> Julie brought the quality up with her dance moves. Wait, wait. I was we like, we call that the dying worm. The dying worm. That's a worm that's about to be put on that hook. <laughs> that, that worm's already on the yeah, hook. That's the squirm worm. <laughs> I've done the worm a few times, but oh, I don't well, think. Don't, I don't even tell me that because I would have gotten you out there. Well, first of all, your form was pretty good. Like I saw you like rocking it, and you started kind of in the push-up. Because oh, I like to go. Yes, yeah, it was. That's a really, really nice wave. I like yeah. to really go up into the handstand <gasps> and down. Oh, Can you do that? Yeah, but then not when you're old. So exactly the old. I'm like, ooh, that kind of hurt. <laughs> I'm gonna stay away from the squirm worm anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was a bad I'm not, idea. I'm not doing it. I, th- I feel like it felt good at the moment, so you did it. <laughs> 
when that bottle spun towards me i was like god damn it there it goes here it comes what was your story yeah what was oh so the other night i i'm pulling into the the resort and it's kind of late i go in i get my ticket at the the front check-in right so i get my my key i come back out and my driver pulls forward like a foot and hits something right like boom i was like oh (laughs) that's not good so instead of like reversing it he like hits the gas a little more and i was like right so then it stops us we can't go forward anymore you're in it's not a person you're in the god it's not because that's the only way this story would probably not be going on the air but anyways so he backs up and after that it's like old faithful in yellowstone park we hit a fire hydrant and that thing (laughs) was spraying i promise you 15 feet in the air. I'm like, I can't believe it didn't just pick the car up. First of all, I'm 45. I've never hit a fire hydrant. I've never been in a car that's hit a fire hydrant. The amount of water and my dude just drove off. I was like, I kind of feel like we should say something. But you, anyways, do you, do you realize Old Faithful is going to flood this I whole was town? Like, that's not a small amount of water. Like, that's not going anywhere. It was probably... Two and a half feet in diet. I'm telling you. <laughs> Where was I, it? Was it on property too? Or right we- in front of the check-in. <laughs> <laughs> they had to call the whole fire department, I'm sure. I'm, oh, I've never seen anything like God. it. Like I said, I can't believe it wasn't like a cartoon and it just didn't lift the whole car up because that's the kind of flow it was coming out of that hydrant. Um, and my dude just like went off. I was like, okay. So he like dropped you and like squealed out of there probably. No, I was still in the car. And then we went <laughs> in the wrong direction because this whole place is like a complex. I, I don't know where we were going. Like, it was nighttime. Here. And some security guard in the golf cart was like, uh, where are you going? And then got me to my room and... Uh, I don't know. Started taking his information. I was like, eh, I'm sorry, it's not good. <laughs> oh, God. I'm like, we just did a hit and run uh, on a fire hydrant. <laughs> oh, uh, that I feels like I, a Fred Flintstone type of cartoon where the entire golf cart would have been in the air. Dude, uh, I was like, it was for real force. I was like, <laughs> it legit. It was as high as this this uh, this light right here. <laughs> oh God. Water was everywhere. <laughs> And I was like, thank God no one's around because I would be, if I was watching this, I would have Becky's my phone Becky's never out. invited back to Oh, Ohio. exactly. <laughs> there will exactly. be no more I'll bloody like, Mary's ESPN got you. my driver, okay? So it's on you. <laughs> it's on <them. laughs> Let me tell you their company, his name. <laughs> and I do love that my, my driver was fun. So anyways. Speaking of fun, um, you guys don't seem to have a lot of it at all with the aces. Yeah. I mean, can you step that up a little bit for us? Well... How how about their dance parties? Everything about that team I love. No, Congratulations. Our chemistry was so fun. Ugh. And you know that that makes it like I guess you know it's different like come like the guys and the girls everybody wants to know the difference. What's the yeah. difference? I have it written, like, I have it written down right here. Yeah. <laughs> everybody wants to know that answer. Yeah. And I'm like, look, at the end of the day like we're built different. Like Girls just want to have fun. Like, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Saw it last night. The guys, mm-hmm. at moments, you'll see like these, what would they would consider vulnerability. Hmm. But the girls, 
they yeah. walk in they just want to have a dance party <laughs> i'm like we're supposed to be stretching hamstrings <laughs> and you guys are like straight up having a dance party like cut the music it's time to go to work like I, oh and it was God, it was always a balancing kind of it was a balancing act really because yeah. i'm like are we too loose like mm-hmm. and i had to learn them they had to learn me but i mean I like to have fun, and there is absolutely no reason why you can't have fun at work. And the fact that you embrace that is why you're successful. I'm convinced of this because our national team, we had a shit ton of fun yes. all the time. And we would have that kind of conversation of, like, okay, maybe this is too much. Mm. You know, and where right. do we need to kind of like find the balance because we kind of erred on the side of too much fun sometimes? And we'd be like, simmer down. Scale it maybe back. we need to scale it back. Yeah. But we had a coach that got that yeah. like he knew that was kind of our release tony right. DiCicco. Our yeah and tony DiCicco. He, that was our chemistry and so that you accepted that and and you have to have some governors around it and right. guardrails but but at the end of the day fabulous. you guys were competitors yeah and so when the ball goes up or the ball's dropped or how yeah. you start mm. soccer like it's we're we're it's all done we're coming for your throats like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly. like we're coming to win yeah and I think um, that combo is unique because you can probably count on one hand how many teams you've been on yeah. where it had that kind of chemistry and vibe where right. you guys, and, and I'm a big believer in like, and like I said, fun is like a taboo thing, right? Like we're in a billion dollar industry in the NBA and we're doing this, we're doing, I'm like, yeah. And at the end of the day, we're working with people. Yeah. And if you can create an environment where People want to come to work. Like you're winning. You're going to win. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because, and I said this when I was a player, because I felt it in my own life, like happy players make better players. Mm -hmm. They will perform better when they are in a good space. Mm -hmm. And it's my job to create that space. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? I twerked with them. No. I'm kidding. Quote of the year. <laughs> no. Um, no, I mean, I am somebody who likes to have fun. I like, like, life is short. Yeah. I'm, I'm somebody who I love hard, I forgive easily, and I keep it moving. Mm. Love fun. hard, forgive easily. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Staying on this topic of, of team chemistry, I noticed when you talk about stuff, you talk about the culture of that so much and mm. that and creating this place that's fun and healthy. But th- this transfers, I think, into everything in life. Like if you can get in a space where the energy is there, mm-hmm. I feel it a lot with Angel City, this the, the soccer team that a lot of us are owners on. There's this incredible fun environment and, and, and like-minded but really diverse and mm-hmm. different thoughts and smart as hell. But it's hard for people to get to that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's something they strive for in the workplace and all of that. So if you were to tell someone like, these are the tenets to getting there, here's the tent poles that you need, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you get there? I think, um, first of all, relationship building, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I get in, when you're trying to create a culture, you better know the characters you're getting into business with and how they work and how they operate, what motivates them, what doesn't motivate them. Um, because... I don't want anybody to wilt in my presence. I want them to be the best versions of themselves possible. Mm-hmm. Like it's not intimidating. Other people's success is not intimidating for me. Like 
I'm happy that you are crushing it, right? And I tell my girls all the time, like, winning takes care of everything. Everybody will get more. Everybody will get their individual, like, win, mm-hmm. win. What's the old line in field? Like, win or build it, they will come. Win and they will come, <laughs> right. you know? And people want to be a part of something special. And so I got a special group of girls, women, girls, women that I work with that, like, I adore them. Like, mm. and so when people are like, I'd run through the wall for my coach, I'm like, I'd run through a wall of fire for you. Mm. Be, like, because I care about you. I want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if you can't invest in the people that you're journeying with, like, what is the point? Mm-hmm. What's the point? Mm-hmm. You know, you have a thousand acquaintances. Yeah. Who are you journeying with? Mm-hmm. Who, who, who's really there, you know? Who Those you, are the relationships I enjoy. How do you choose who to journey with? Well, some are chosen, some are not chosen, some are just in the sphere, you know, and they, I mean, it's a little cliche, like some people are here for this bit and some mm. people are lifers and some people are only, you know. Um, but like I said, I feel like I'm somebody who, I want to be present wherever I am. Yeah. You, you get me. And <laughs> I want you. I want the authentic you. I want you to be yourself um, because that's who I want to be. I don't want to any um, put on any faces or whatever. Like what you see is kind of what you get and not playing any games. But going back to the culture piece of not only getting to know people in a world that feeds these athletes, male, female, doesn't matter, a lot of crap. They actually really appreciate the truth. Mm. And I coach them hard. Mm-hmm. And I tell Asia and I tell Chelsea and Kelsey and Jackie and yeah, like I'm going to coach you all the hardest and I'm going to do it in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. But for them to have the character to allow me mm-hmm. to hold them accountable in front of the group, because it's not fun being called out. Mm-hmm. You know, it got to the point we were watching film one time and I just paused it. Right. I didn't say anything. And Asia was like, I am so sorry. <laughs> I was like, I totally missed you, whoever the other player was. I don't know. But I have, my, I have the MVP of the league. Yeah. I'm not saying a word. I just stopped the film. And she's like, oh, I am so sorry. And, and, I, and I think, too, like, intentionality matters. Like, nobody's intentionally trying to miss their teammate or intentionally yeah. trying to make a mistake. or inten- Like, yeah. Generally, and I feel like women especially really want to do a great job. They want to get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want to like make the right play. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that was the baseline for our whole team. What's the right play? Make the right play. Mm-hmm. And I told them, I don't want the right play six or seven out of 10 times. I want it nine or 10 out of 10 times. Mm-hmm. And not because I'm, here's the deal. I'm not asking you to run faster, jump higher, like, I'm not asking you to do anything you're not capable of doing. What I am doing is holding you accountable for, and this is everybody, every athlete, you will always, nobody had to teach you how to be selfish. Mm-hmm. Nobody teach, you had to learn how to share your toys. You have to learn how to share your snacks. Mm-hmm. I go through it with my boys every day. Mm-hmm. My youngest, he's like, I don't like to share. I'm like, well, it's all mine. So what if I didn't like to share? You get none. Like, you have to learn to share. And at the end of the day, when you're in a team sport, when you share 
and I'm holding everybody accountable. I'm like, yeah, you're one person passing the ball, but I'm demanding those other four people. That's eight other hands passing you the ball when you're open and vice versa. Did you, did you ever have a hard time when you first came in with the Spurs coaching men? When you say you coach them up, like, were they good with taking that information from you? Did you ever think personally, like, you know, should I be giving this information or that, how are they going to take it? Well, some of it is a fine line of you reading your head coach and what your head coach allows you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Pop was pretty hands-on in some areas. In other areas, he didn't want to touch it. He wanted us to handle it. So I think just feeling out your role on that team, whatever that might be, it might be watching film with an individual or it might be in small groups or with the younger guys or, or mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, but what... I can tell you is when you did a good job, he would tell you. And when he didn't like it, he would also tell you. (laughs) So um, you just learn how your head, as an assistant, you learn how your head coach wants things to be done and you do it their way. Right. Because that's who you work for. And how were the guys with taking information? Great. If, and here's the thing, any athlete, if you can help them win or there'd be something that I'd see on the floor and hey, da, 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 like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And then next play they go out and like execute it. Like that's super rewarding as an assistant where you're not always in charge of play calling or timeouts or who's playing or what schemes we're in. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's my job to just give you ideas. This is what I think would work best. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's his call. And that's why that 12 inches over, (laughs) it's a big deal because it all falls back on you. 12 inches over. 12 inches over. I I have to say I love Greg Popovich. Mm-hmm. I just think he when he talks I'm like ah, yes I want to yeah. hear more yeah. and I know he gets grumpy and every sideline reporter is you know afraid terrified to, of is him terrified of which him. is so funny because he's not really yeah it's like a shtick for him or something I don't know I think so too. yeah he's just because when we go out to dinner. And believe me, I've been at hundreds, maybe thousands of dinners, which is a lot of hours with somebody. Yeah. I sat next to him every dinner. Uh. It first started off, I feel like, a hazing thing. <laughs> you like, gotta sit next to him. Yes, because you're gonna drink more, you're gonna eat more than any of the other assistants, because you're sitting right next to him. And so, but it got to just be where, you know, the other he'd move them like no becky's sitting there <laughs> out yeah and he he's somebody he's a super gentleman um he's very smart it's like you're why are you coaching basketball you could be like running the world you're so smart like what are the things he you know says? I, I but i find him so intelligent he's well read and and his take on things and his perspective on things yeah. i mean you tell your story you were giving it to hannah at the um on the panel about after a San Antonio loss, what he would do sometimes. Yeah. So uh, he's just always got a big picture perspective. And I think um, I didn't know him as a young coach, obviously, because I feel like young coaches, all you think about is basketball. Like, I want to win. He's won so much. But at the end of the day, he's figured out also that there's so much more to this than just X's and O's. Like, there's real life things going on. These men and women um, have real life things going on at home somebody passed away, somebody's heart's broken, somebody, like, there's real things going on. And I think it's easy as a fan of sports to just look at it as entertainment and take their humanity out of it. 
And I think at the end of the day, he always honors people's humanity. And I remember, I'm going to tell you a different story. I'll get back to the story. Yeah, but no, that's good. So when I was, when I, when he first hired me, I remember I walked into his office and we were going to do, of course, we didn't know it was going to blow up like it did. Like the plan was, I'm going to do some <laughs> one San Antonio radio hit, a couple TV stations in San Antonio. And that was it. And because I was still playing at For the time. announcing that you were coming on as an assistant yes, coach? Yes, yes. So this was the plan, uh-huh. right? So I go in there and I was like, I wasn't really out at the time. And I was like, you know, what if somebody asked me about like anything like sexuality, da, 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 da. And his response was like, oh yeah, we don't care. Like you say whatever you want to say, you tell them whatever wow. you want to tell them. Um, and to have that kind of support, you know, um, from your boss from the very top. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what made my stint in uh, San Antonio super successful is because he don't play any games. Mm-hmm. And the guys know that. Mm-hmm. And he sets a baseline of respect. Like we might not agree on everything or we might agree mm-hmm. disagree on how we should cover this pick and roll or this individual player. But at the end of the day, every time we walked out of that coach's room, we were on the same page. Mm-hmm. And it was all in support of him. Like. We're, we're your soldiers. We go to dinner, mm. we're hanging, we're talking, we're doing whatever. Um, you know, I, I say this, he was both the easiest man ever to work for and the hardest man in the world to work for mm-hmm. because of his demand of excellence. Um, but then there's also this other side where it was like, you know, he'd tell us after the season, like, don't call me, don't text me. <laughs> Unless, like, it's an emergency. I basically don't care what you're doing, where you're going. Like, <laughs> have your work done. Right. Have your work done. And if you had your work done, he was he didn't care um, what you were doing other than that. Um, but going back to that story of, you know, coming in after a hard loss or whatnot, um, he just has a worldview that is very unique um, in the sense of where, you know, you just got pounded by a team that should not beat you. And you think you're coming into this film room to get destroyed. Like, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. Like, make the, you know. And all of a sudden, he puts on these women who are being assaulted in their own countries and have no rights, have no say, no vote, no no nothing. Like, you're treated like an animal. Mm-hmm. In fact, some of these women, like your dog, your cat, lives a thousand times better mm-hmm. And it's treated with a thousand times more dignity than some of these areas in the world that this is going on mm-hmm. and how their treatment of women is. And so he'll go in there and play this where these women are being abused, assaulted, mm-hmm. um, dehumanized, and you know, stop it and be like, this is real, this is real problems. We're trying to figure out, you know, how to guard James Harden in a pick and roll. Like if this is the greatest problem we have today, we're living a very blessed life. And, you know, so his ability to kind of break down what matters um, is probably what stands out most to me. That's what I learned a lot from him. It's a gift to get that as well and be under that tutelage for so long. Well, and then he gives you a whole history of it. This is what's going on. And this happened in 1927. I'm like, why do you know that? But, he knows like the whole thing so he can reel off the background of it you know and um you know we go to dc he's taken us to all the museums whether it's a holocaust museum or african-american uh 
mm. museum. Like, you know, it's just constantly learning and exposing people to things that maybe they really hadn't thought about or have mm. learned. Um, and the understanding of like, it's important to know these things. Mm-hmm. Like this exactly. stuff matters, you know? Women voting, it's mm-hmm. it's in the scheme of life in the world, it's a kind of new concept. Yeah. Like it hasn't been around for not even a hundred years. Would he take the the teams to all these museums? He'd, yeah, he'd, the team, the whole team would go. The whole thing, the whole oh, team. That's so great. Yeah, so good. When did you think you wanted to get into coaching? Um, I think I've always kind of been a coach, per se, like on the floor. I'm small, so I was a little, you know. I had to know everything. Uh, as a point guard, also, that's your job to know and <laughs> set everybody up. But I had to learn differently. I had to study differently because what I lacked in physical talent and physical size, mm-hmm. um, I had to make up for in my mind. And coaching is a natural fix. I don't have to do crap. I don't have to make a shot. <laughs> I don't have to set a screen. You know, I can just purely use my mind, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of fun. I don't have to do the heavy lifting. Yeah, I don't do nothing. You do yeah. because now you're waking up at six a.m. Yes, right after winning, and you're yeah. still thinking about it. Yeah. It's heavy lifting. There, your yeah. brain is going all the time. Um, we noticed a theme when we were doing research. Of it seems in everything you've done, always underestimated, and yet always successful. Mm. Would you agree with that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nobody picks me. <laughs> Nobody, nobody what? Oh, nobody, nobody picks, picks you. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, she wasn't even barely recruited out of high school. Oh my God, WNBA? Yeah. Had, she, you came in as a walk on at New York mm-hmm. Liberty, right? Yeah, as like yeah. a training squad player. Yeah, they had no intentions of keeping no. me. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Zero. I mean, you, you keep going down the list of things. And then in your very first year of being a head coach, yeah. snap. <laughs> very well, first year, I boom. Mean, coach of the year, it just yeah. is. Well, I mean, I got hella players, man. They're good. And uh, I think, you know, my buddy, and sometimes I, I feel like I try to downplay it because I don't know how to take a compliment because I'm not used to it. I know. Like, I'm used to the haterade. <laughs> I actually am very comfortable in haterade. You know, when you start complimenting me and stuff, I'm like, mm, thanks, you know. Um, but one of my buddies was like, you know, congrats. I was like, yeah, was, you know, my team is great. And he was like, stop. Yeah. yeah. Stop minimizing what you're doing. Yeah. He's like, just because you got ingredients, it doesn't mean you can cook. Mm. And I'm like, mm, I know a few cooks that like they can, if we had the exact same set of, mm. of you know, ingredients, mine's not going to taste very good. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so um, it's something new that I'm adjusting to because I'm super comfortable with being the underdog. I've always, that's, that's what, Mm-hmm. who I am and I'm the person who finds a way like you shut the door where's the window because I'm coming through that thing <laughs> and so that's just how I've had to survive and I think at the end of the day whether I can take a compliment or not I know nothing's been handed to me mm. and that feels good what is that from day. like is that just always scrapping by from your Dakota roots mm, yeah I mean I'm I'm definitely a country girl, but then I was in New York for eight, nine years. Like, I feel like I've had so, I've lived so many lives. I lived in Russia, played in Spain, Italy, Mm -hmm. Israel, China, everywhere. And um, 
you get to the, to the point where it's like, damn, we're all just humans and all really have the same basic needs. Um, and people have different outlets and different ways they get those needs met. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like, I really feel like it's my purpose in life is just to like, and I said this, like, love God, love people and love them right where they're at. Like, I don't need to fix you. It's not my job to fix you. It's not my job to judge you. Mm -hmm. Like I want people to understand their value and their purpose. And the closer you are to understanding your value and your purpose, the further you are away from pain, the more you drift away from your purpose, Mm -hmm. the closer you will get to pain. Mm -hmm. And just journeying with people who are in the midst of processing all this, you know, um, and even my own, you know, I think growing up in South Dakota, I grew up in a very, very, uh, conservative religious household. I was gay. I know, didn't know anybody else, mm-hmm. you know? And at that point, when you're little, you don't really know mm-hmm. what it is. You're just kind of yeah. like, I'm different. Right. <laughs> like, well, especially was, back then, right? Yeah. yeah it, I mean, you're but not, I was you're different in a lot of ways still, too. Yeah. I was wired differently. Like, and let's just throw, you know, the human side, like just as an athlete, I was wired differently. Mm -hmm. Like my friends would all go shoot, but I would stay an hour and a half, two hours longer than them. A normal person would be like, Oh yeah, I got some shots up. I'm like, yeah, I got a thousand more up. Like, Uh you know, so you're just wired differently. And so I think processing that and journeying through that. And even with my family of like coming out and stuff like that, um, very painful, times and though it's it's a basically a non-issue now it it was at one point oh, and I sure. think that's where a lot of my depth and empathy comes from mm. whether that be on the human side or even on the basketball side like I know what it's like to be the 12th person on the bench like not invited to any parties like I know what that feels like and mm. I think when you talk about people like okay what kind of leader I'm like I'm a uniter I bring people together mm-hmm. because I don't need to agree with you on every topic. What I need to know is, do you want to have fun? (laughs) Do you want to twerk? Do you want to twerk? No. I just think there's this greater humanity that's always bigger than whatever we're doing tangibly with our hands. Why are we so damn serious then in the workplace? And because what you're saying is we, we talk about joy often on this podcast. You're talking about joy. You you're saying we like collectively as a nation? I just think, I'm thinking of my own, my- Yeah, my, go to Spain. They take three hours off to yeah. nap and drink. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. we're well, workaholics. Right. We're workaholics. We are in I'll the narrow United down States. The, I'll narrow down the we. I'll speak for myself. Yeah. In that I have my cell phone. I'm looking at my outlook and it's just them, you know, the ticker tape of emails coming through. And it's almost getting, it's that getting mentality of getting bogged down in that mm-hmm. as opposed to, purpose what am i doing here why am i here before you came in i was saying to julie like i'm excited for this i'm Mm -hmm. I'm excited for this but having that feeling way more yeah i think you know what it's funny because we have so much information at our fingertips right and we've never been more ignorant Mm -hmm. because we've got we've bought into a society that is valued in likes yeah, exactly. It's like, so performative. What? Yeah. How what are likes? we doing? Yeah. Ugh. What are we doing? Uh-huh. And so that's where you get to the point where it's like, at the end, it's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. Total. <laughs> and I look at social media like there's some good in the world for it, mm-hmm. but our young people are more depressed. 
Yeah. They have no purpose. They have no identity. Yeah. They have no identity. And that hurts me. Oh. That hurts my soul because How? if you don't have identity and purpose, every day you're like, why the hell am I here? Yeah. What am I doing? And so much of your identity and purpose happened in quiet moments when you were bored. Because mm. you had no phone to turn to. You had right. no reels to watch. Right. You had no Instagram to go to. Their free time, my kids are 13 and 15, so I'm right in, I can do like right in the days middle of on it. this fucking subject. <laughs> it, it, is, it's, it is mindless, real scrolling. And I say to them, get your head up, turn your phone off, and like just... Go do something. Go be creative in some space. But mm -hmm. there's no time for creativity. Yeah. There's no time for thinking. What did your parents tell you when you were that age? Get out of the house. Yeah. Yep. Go go play a game. Hey, you wouldn't come back until it was dark. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I don't go play. They, yeah. I don't even think they said anything. You just you just did yeah, it. You just did. So that the repercussions of that scare the heck out of me. Mm. Well, and you know what the problem is? Is just like any... Uh, addiction it's actually rewiring your brain yeah yeah literally like right. th th i'm not this is actual science right it's the same thing with any kind of um addiction type personality like i just said my mind was wired different mm -hmm. right but when you're going through and you're watching or you're looking at these images or scrolling through these pages mm -hmm. it's literally chemically rewiring your brain mm -hmm. to where you become a robot, mindless, mm -hmm. mindless. I'm just scrolling. I'm not really reading anything. Nor can, I'm just, nor can you watch anything that's more than no. like 20 seconds. <laughs> so yeah, so this detachment, yeah, this de yeah. this detachment yeah. is such a disservice. And then you throw in COVID where now you're in isolation and detached, like yeah. this is a problem. And they wonder why we and, have mental health problems. Yeah. How old are your kids? Uh, seven your and boys. four. Good luck. Thank you. <laughs> So, oh my God, you're still going to hit those years. Yeah. You, you Maybe by then we figured it out. Your so. players, I'm sure, are on their phones and, and doing scrolling and all of that. So how do you manage that so that you do have presence, you have the fun? Well, I think there's, you know, um, if we go to dinner or whatever, put your phone down. There's actual real, hum like, it, it, it's amazing to me that you're texting the person across the table from you. Like, yeah, they oh, do that. Yeah. What? <laughs> I'm sitting literally right here. It's like, who are you texting? Them. It's like, are you texting about me? Like, you don't want to say something in front of me? Like, what are you texting? No, we're talking about, you know, the football game. Okay. Like, I don't know. Like, use your words. <laughs> Open your mouth and use your words. And I think oh, there man. is... And I'm somebody. Use your words. Big words. Big, Big boy words. words. Big That's boy words. Declan. Big boy words. Big boy words. And <laughs> and honestly, it's 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 such a fraudulent, valueless thing when you really put it in perspective. It's fraudulent because you don't even know how to use words anymore. And you say things on text messages that you would never say to a person's face or hiding behind mm -hmm. a screen. Like the biggest haters I've come of across Twitter. are probably the same ones who mm -hmm. like, to my face, can we get a picture? Yeah. And then yeah. Be like behind the computer screen, they're like, what a whatever, uh -huh. fill in the blank. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's where you got to get to the point. And this is something that really helped me with my 
need to be approved was not only obviously coming to terms with sexuality and not just my family, it was me too, coming to terms with it, mm-hmm. right? Because when you're looked at as less than, mm-hmm. or it's always looked at as a knock on you, and you get to the point where it's like, well, if I stay under this rock, this rock is gonna kill me. Mm. And so the danger wow. becomes now more, if I stay here, I'm gonna die. And it becomes less risky to step out and just be who you are. And once you get to that spot where this is just me and you really, you let go of your expectation and wanting to be accepted in this, like, because you're at that point, Mm -hmm. you can't get any lower, Mm -hmm. can't get any worse. And once you hit that point, um, there's two places that are very lonely, the top and the bottom. There's a Mm -hmm. lot in between, Mm -hmm. but the top and the bottom are the loneliest. And you get to the point where it's like, you can ask me to come home for Christmas or not ask me to come home Mm -hmm. for Christmas, but this person's coming with me, you know? And it's funny because once I kind of turned that corner and came out from that rock for myself too, you know, I I think a lot of times, sometimes I put it on my family, my upbringing. No, it was me Mm -hmm. accepting me too. And, um, really like grabbing on to like, and that's why I'm so big on like loving people where they're at. Mm-hmm. Like it's not my job to fix you mm-hmm. or it's my job to love you. That's it. That's it. And to meet you where you are. And I've had, um, you know, people where I've, I've been with friends who are so broken, like on the floor crying, like I'm going to get down on the floor. I'm gonna cry with you. Mm. You don't have to talk. You don't have to do nothing, you know? Um, and the same with my players, like, where are you at and I'll be there with you. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, um, that's the humanity and the more powerful piece that actually at the end of the day, that's what freaking matters. How did you get to the place of saying, this is who I am and mm-hmm. I accept me for me? I Well, for me, because I was a born, born into a very conservative religious household. Like I had to know I was okay with God for me. Like at some point your religion has to not be your parents, mm-hmm. right? Like God don't have no grandchildren, he has children. And I think it got to the point of really searching out the truth. And you know, it was like, I never really fit in with the gay people and I never really fit in with the Christian people. I always just felt like I was just myself, you know, cause, um, those two things seem to be in opposition with each other mm-hmm. a lot of times. And I don't think that's fair because I don't think either side gets a true perspective of the other. You just have stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And so I really had to journey my own journey. Like it's not, it wasn't for anybody else to walk out. I had to mm-hmm. walk my own journey. And when I figured out that like God loved me no matter what, mm-hmm. and he knows me better than I know myself and he knew all this, Mm-hmm. On March 11th, 1977, when he had me born to Martin and Beverly, mm-hmm. you get to this point where it's like, okay, I trust in that mm-hmm. because you know more than me and I know I'm held. And at the end of the day, no matter how low I got, I knew two things. I knew Jesus loved me and I knew my parents loved me even. Mm-hmm. And I knew my family loved me, even though I knew we didn't agree on some things. And maybe I did know that. I knew I was loved mm-hmm. and that changes everything. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Let's go back to when you were talking about the different places you played. I know you had two Olympics with Russia as well. You became a naturalized citizen. You have this unique perspective, having played in Russia professionally, having played for them as a naturalized citizen with all that's happening with Brittany yeah. Griner. And I yeah. know as the days tick on mm. and you see the images of her in Russia, What's been your reaction to all of this and how the U.S. has responded to it as well? Well, first of all, it's devastating because the basketball world is a small world. The women's basketball world is a small world. And so when you see your sister, your teammate, your friend um, suffering, it's not easy. Um, And in my, like, whatever she had on her, I mean, I I could tell you stories. I know. I'm like, really? Some oil? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what you're locking her up for. Mm-hmm. Like, the drugs that I saw going down, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. And these are by like, come on. It's a joke, and I think it's a stone-cold political move on Putin's part. And I think um, if anybody hasn't noticed, he doesn't play by the rules. And he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's invading and murdering thousands of people mm-hmm. right now. You know? Mm-hmm. And would I like to see uh, our government act quicker? Yes. Would I like to see the international community act quicker? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Because what's to say you go to this country or that country, and I won't name them, but we know they're out there, mm-hmm. that you can't just snatch somebody, mm-hmm. put them in your jail, And say, okay, what are you going to give us in return? Because let's say this whole like swap goes through, then you're going to get a mass murderer back and we get a great citizen back. Mm -hmm. Right? Like this is not fair. It hasn't been fair from the start. And um, I hope they figure it out and get her Mm -hmm. home as quickly as possible. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your perspective because we need to continue to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, she can't be forgotten. She no. can't end up somebody that we used to talk about. Mm. And and I think she said that's that's her fear, right? It's just like, be, she'll yeah. be forgotten. Yeah. And what a terrible emotion. Uh, I know. Because at the end of the day, like, and you, you asked why I got into coaching. Granted, now I'm doing some TV, but it's not my real job. <laughs> you know, I'm doing oh, it. We're going to talk yeah, about yeah. that. Welcome to ESPN. Yeah, yeah welcome. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm doing this game, and the coach walked by, like, losing, and the guy's comment was like, man, that's why TV's the best. Like, you never have to leave the gym a loser. Like, or in that frame of mind. And I'm, I was like, yeah, but I can never leave a winner. This is not for me. <laughs> this is not for me. I don't want to be talking about the people in the battle. And I think, you know. You want to be in the battle. I want to be in the battle. I'm going to be in the battle. But now you get the both the best. Sorry. Both the best of both (laughs) worlds. There you go. Julie has done so much talking in the last two days. That that moment just broke her. (laughs) Because (laughs) announce it. You're doing, I know they just announced it. The ESPN deal. It's awesome. And so that's another thing where I was like, Hannah's like, announce it. I'm like, I'm not announcing it. You can't be like, hey, everybody. Everybody's attention up here. <laughs> hey, look at me. I'm about to tell you <laughs> what amazing thing just happened to me. No. 
Let me talk about me more. <laughs> no, enough about you, more about me. Yes, exactly. I'll start. Like, <laughs> start. No. Oh, that's awesome, though. No, yeah, I'm looking NBA forward to it. NBA, an analyst. Yeah. And y'all are paying me to talk about basketball. That's exactly. the easiest gig in the world. I love that. Yeah. It should be fun. I'm looking forward to, um, you know, like Richard Jefferson's an old friend, like just kind of kicking it, getting to know those guys and be reacquainted and everything yeah. um, and just be on the team. Well, and life opens up, I would imagine, a little bit, right? Like as as great as that is in all the years you spent in the NBA, that is all consuming, it feels yes. like. And this allows more time with fam, more mm-hmm. time to make money in television, <laughs> more time for Bloody Marys. Yes. I don't know. I'm all for balance. Yeah. That's not a terrible life. No. <laughs> it might be time for something else, Becky. Oh, a little competition. Oh, wait a minute. Becky, you were about to go head to head with Julie in a game of trivia. I'm kind of scared. There Julie. is. She's scared. very intimidating. A key rule to it, which is that you have to squeak in with your answer. And you have the choice of your squeaking mechanism. You can either have a green pig or a chocolate frosted donut. <laughs> this is my guy right here. <laughs> Going oh, green nice pig. One. Green pig. I'll take the donut. Thank you very much. That's me. There will be five questions, all multiple choice. Best of five wins. The theme of this game is the 90s rock. And I got the idea for it off of your Instagram, Becky, where I saw that you went to a throwback 90s concert mm. with like play me the 90s <laughs> new kids on the block oh, and yeah. debbie gibson yep okay yep yep one of the best concerts i've ever been to and i don't know who the dj was in between the like the acts it was a there was a party debbie gibson yes. concert was one of the best ones okay. no it was all of them it was oh. these yeah oh, this whole it was like the whole yeah they'd come oh, on where was that I it was in san antonio it was so good oh, i would go to that and also I lived in South Dakota. The new kids on the block did not come to South Dakota, okay? So this was like a lifelong, like, fulfilled dream to go see the new kids on the block. All right, well, the dream continues with this game. Dream on. Question one, and just so, it's just all about 90s. Okay. Question one, what musical renaissance started in Seattle with bands such as Nirvana and Pearl Jam? Was it A, adult alternative, B, Motown, or C, Grunge? No! Oh, it's gonna be honor system between the two of you. you. Grunge. Correct. Also was gonna be my answer. (laughs) (laughs) Question two. What popular TV show centered on high school students, including Zach, Save by the bell. Correct. Oh, I told you I'm either gonna know it or not know it. There is a <laughs> there's smoke coming off old green piggy over Ooh. there. Talk about knowing yourself, oh, Wilbur, right here. <laughs> Question three: What movie featured Kate Winslet? Leo- Titanic. Oh, <laughs> where you said Leo? I was like, yes. <laughs> by the way, I saw it six times in the theater. <laughs> Two to one, two to one. Okay, mm. I'm still alive. If you get the next one, you win. Question four. So I gotta squeak in early. This is where I get overthinking. What it. was the name of the coffee shop in the show Friends? Oh, was oh. it A. Coffee Central, B. Central Perk, B. Central Perk. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> 
You got smoked. I Julie. love Jennifer Aniston. That's something I've never met. I'm like, I want to meet her. Yeah, she's but rad. I was, we had friends dinners, like come over and watch friends. Yeah, yeah, right. Thursday nights. Yeah. Why yeah. Jennifer Aniston? Just from that from the show. What's that? Why Jennifer Aniston? I don't know. I just loved her, and yeah. then I love her like. I loved her character, but also her movies after that. Ugh. She seems very nice. I hope I wouldn't be like disappointed in person. Like, she's <laughs> actually terrible. I, yeah. She seems just sweet. I, she seems sweet. She seems sweet. I'm still reeling from how much I got smoked on that one. I did. I did start strong. You, you got this. You did. This is a theme, actually. I start strong, <laughs> and then it's kind of like the worm. Wait like a minute, we have one more really question. Pick up your donut. Yeah, one more question. Yes. One more question. I'm going to get to three, donut. two. Okay, going to get to three, two. Officially, you have won, Becky. You can add that to this year of, of I wins. try to run up the score. Add, add no. <laughs> I'm sure it's going up on your top of your resume. Yes. Question five. What group sang the song Waterfalls? TLC! <laughs> Don't go chasing waterfalls. Please stick to the rhythms and the licks that you used to. I don't think you're uh, That's where we start mumbling because nobody knows those words. But you do, but you do the shoulder <laughs> yeah. dance with it. Yeah. Uh, you were very strong in yeah, that. Yeah, well done. Well At done. 90s. Uh, come on, that that's our. Really that's our. Good. That's my jam. Really good. Uh, most pressing questions. Which, this one's deep, which nicknames of all nicknames do you prefer the most? Oh, man. Can you go through the list real quick? Because there, there does feel like there's quite a few. Oh, man. I mean, White um, Chocolate was one of my personal favorites. Yeah, White Chocolate, Bubba, Big Shot Becky. Uh-huh. Um, one of my teammates in New York used to call me Precious. <laughs> uh, B. Oh, I like B. Yeah. B. Come on, you had to have a hammer B time. ham. Hammer time? Uh, ham and time. Ham. And I would crush some hammer time. You know what? That video, I'm like, who put this out on the internet? This was supposed to be like an in-house for San Antonio oh, fans no. only. What? I don't yeah. know what video. And speaking of sometimes coming in and being like, oh man, this film chef is going to be brutal. We walk in, it's the whole team. And <laughs> do it. Pop presses play and it's me doing ham and time. <laughs> Can't touch this. Mm-mm. I'm like, really? And then as the, as the video scrolls, right? So our other assistants, it's highlights of them dunking and stuff. I was like, oh, really? Can you put some highlights of me actually doing my job and not just dancing? Mm-hmm. And so like a week later, he had these highlights all put to music. Oh, like, awesome. uh, you know funny. what? I got our theme wrong funny. on you. It's twerking is the theme. I feel like that goes through the thread of all of it. I mean, I don't even Hammer really know time. how to do it. So <laughs> I just see my players. I'm like, mm-hmm. let's keep moving keep stretching side to side guys <laughs> keep warming up keep warming up let's keep it moving now you know the song good love by city girls yeah. and usher so you can like lead into our podcast with that song and yeah. lead out but m- my kids are like mom play good love and oh. know all the words i'm like you have no idea what you're saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> but they know the words and so it doesn't have any cuss words so they're allowed to listen to it but I'm like, at some point, they're going to be like, Mom, you really let us listen to this at four? I was like, mm, not <laughs> my greatest moment. At four yeah. years old. <laughs> Next most pressing, who is swaggier with glasses? And I think just overall wardrobe, you or Don Staley? Don. 
I mean, no, your shoe game is on point. I've I mean, used this now for only game. for the second time in my life. Your fit game right now. You like my fits? I feel like I just kind of have my yeah. own little style. Like I, I love hoodies. I love blazers. Oh, I love, come on. I love These accessories, right? These are sweet. I'm taking a photo. It's cute, right? And look at my shirt matches, you know. Yeah, the yellow. I mean, it's so a good look. I try, I try to. It's a good look. But my shoe game, it's, remember how you get rewired your brain? I have a problem. My brain has been rewired that I can never have enough shoes. So my shoes are like, I got a lot. Yeah. It's a problem. It's okay. Allison Felix I, has a, her own separate room for her shoes. So Yeah. Do you have so, your own room? Yeah. You do? <laughs> and <laughs> I got them like have halfway house, split actually. in between houses here and yeah. here. I'm like, oh man, we're, this is, this is not good. And And also, I will say this. I am not a hoarder like i've given so many pairs away that like i feel good about that yeah about your shoe addiction yes makes me feel better about being a total (laughs) shoe snob uh if only i feel like my shoe size is bigger than yours otherwise i would totally take any leftovers i've heard a lot of that like damn it wish i was your size what are you i'm a nine and a half woman (gasps) you know i'm like a 10 i could squeeze in there i could squeeze in see i'm like a nine nine and a half Mm. never a 10 yeah okay mm. never so, an eight and a half though either mm. i'm always like a nine and a half depending on the the shoe and and who's making it yeah. okay and then finally high low cheer high of your career low of your career and the cheer is for someone who's helped you along the way starting with your high Ooh. high i mean this summer was pretty high and that winning mm-hmm. It just the circumstances because I felt so much pressure to win. Mm. You know, it was just immediate. Like you're Being just expected. That it was your first year as a head coach. Yeah, it didn't matter. Like win. Mm. You know, Mark Davis, who, who, Al Davis, just win, baby, win. Yeah. <laughs> who is, by the way, was the coolest the owner? Internal, external, both, both. both. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing I'm not good with, it's sucking. Like. <laughs> don't like to suck you. at things okay so you. when you're like coming in it's like don't suck <laughs> like be good be great you know uh, and i think becky's it, words of wisdom everyone <laughs> don't, don't suck, suck. <laughs> you know i think i took so much heat to leaving there's a lot of people that were really happy and not happy and so again that goes where you're like i gotta just do what's best for me and what mm. i feel is right for me in my life right now and i can't always explain all the reasons but nor do i owe anybody any answers yeah yes exactly um but it was time for a change and so jumping over like i just felt it it was a bet on myself and i'll bet on myself oh bet on yourself that's so good i love that it's a bet on myself. We women don't, I don't know take if enough. Vegas is the good place for me. <laughs> <laughs> I might do a little too much betting. No, but but betting on you, which is a good thing. Yeah, I'll I bet on myself. I don't think we women do that enough. Bet on ourselves because we're taught not to. Yeah, exactly. It's we're conditioned to think others first, you second, actually third, fourth, fifth, mm-hmm. and we don't bet mm-hmm. on ourselves. The yeah. thing I picked up on that you said a couple of times this is the idea that you don't feel like you need to fix anyone, and that kind of goes along with putting. Um, 
being taught to put others first. Like that's a big one too. So, and here's the other thing. You don't have to love other people at the expense of yourself. And if you are loving other people at the expense of yourself, you're not really loving anyone. Mm. Like you can't, you need to love yourself. And I don't mean in an obnoxious way, mm-hmm. but you have no right loving anybody else or pouring into anybody else if you don't love and care for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a thing with women. Yeah. Like that's a thing for myself mm-hmm. that I have to learn to, I have this one friend, she's always like, man, you got to take care of yourself mm-hmm. because we're taught to just take care of everybody else, yep. make sure mm-hmm. everybody else is okay and yes. comfortable and this and that. And mm-hmm. I think the people that are most drawn to other people are the people that are actually really comfortable in their own skin. Mm-hmm. Like that's attractive. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. That's mm-hmm. attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll go with this summer was a great high for my mm-hmm. career. Um, great low. Ooh, that is going to go two ways, you know, not being picked uh, for the Olympic team, not being drafted, um, being traded. Mm. When you left New York, yeah. or you were traded from New York to San yeah. Antonio. Like I was on billboards in New York. Like I was mm-hmm. the franchise player mm-hmm. and no matter what, like it hurts when somebody doesn't want you anymore or they think they can do better without you professionally, personally, like that's not a good feeling. And so somebody trades you, it's basically like, we think we can do better without you. And mm-hmm. I made sure. Yeah. They did not <laughs> for a while. Now it's all love for you the did New not York suck Liberty. There but, I, but, and it turns out, again, this is something that's out of my control. I didn't choose that journey. Yeah. I got traded. I didn't ask for a trade. I didn't, nothing. One of the best things that ever happened to me mm. because, A, it got me in an environment where I could truly be free and be myself as a player in the structure and the system that Dan Hughes had in. I remember coming down there the first two weeks. I'm like, so I could go here or here and neither, neither one is wrong because in New York, it was very much, Mm. you need to hear and you need to stand here. And, and, and what I've noticed just not only in my own playing or whatever, like people excel in freedom. Mm -hmm. And so I need to put them in some structure. Like it can't be mass chaos, you know, out on the road, there's lines, there's, there's red lights, right. there's stops. You right. can't just have chaos. Yeah. But if we can have some order, and I understand kind of where everybody is, but then allowing people the freedom to play basketball. Be creative. You've been doing it <laughs> yeah. your whole life. And yeah. I was a very creative player. I had mm-hmm. to be creative because I was small. So I took unorthodox angles and shots. And you know, after a while, people are not going to be like, it's lucky. It's not lucky. Right. Like I work on this stuff. Yeah. I've been doing this. I've been doing this for like, if I did it like a couple times a year, I'm doing it a couple times a game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, that is, that is the key. It's like you have the, the skeleton in place in the structure, but I mean, we talk about this in in soccer all the time is just allowing that freedom to be creative and instinctive and, try things and that's and here's the other thing like if you were in any other line of work creativity is celebrated Uh but what happens i feel a lot in the coaching world is coach is control Mm -hmm. and both control and freedom can't really coexist Mm -hmm. in a way Mm -hmm. you're either gonna give up some control for more freedom or you're going to take less freedom mm-hmm. for more control. Mm-hmm. And 
structure accountability comes into this because it's not, like I said, it's not a free for all, Mm -hmm. but if you can kind of hone in on people's strengths and give them the security, you know, there were times where Kelsey Plum would come in there, do something crazy. I pull her out and she'd look at me. I'm like, she's like, I don't know. I have to say, she'd be like, okay. I'm like, okay, good. Go back in there. <laughs> I don't even, you, you can look at me it. and you know what I'm thinking. <laughs> it's like when and you she stop knows, the tape. You know? <laughs> yep. And so, um, and I would talk to Plum cause I think Plum was leaving the aces, you know? And I said, look, I'm ride or die with you. I got to live and die with your mistakes just as much as you got to live with and die with mine. So we're in it together. Um, but we can get the best out of each other. And I try to get the best out of each and every one of my, my, uh, my players. You know, I had Chelsea Gray. I had Asia Wilson. Like in the playoffs, I'm like, well, there's no play. The play is give it to Chelsea Gray. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like just get out of the way and let these girls be great. It's not oh, genius. Yeah. It's, it's so simple. It's stupid, <laughs> actually. I'm just going to pull out the whiteboard and draw up. Yeah. Give it to Chelsea. Yeah. Um, your cheer. So someone who's helped you along the way. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go with a non... I've had a lot of great coaches, first of all. Let me preface that. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people who've super duper... Um, invested in me, uh, Dan Hughes, Richie Adubato, um, pop changed my life though. Mm. Um, my life changed when he hired me. And I think sometimes it was like, I've just been this person the whole time. And now because Greg Popovich says I'm great, all of a sudden I'm so great. I'm like, you know? Now, over the course of eight years, he certainly invested in me and developed me as a as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, made me tougher in a lot of ways because there's times where, like, I needed to be toughened up. Mm. Like, I promise you, the first couple times he yelled at me, I wanted to burst into tears. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's funny because then now we, you know, I told you the story the other day. We get in arguments. I'm like, that's not it. He'd be like, it is it. It's- my press i'm like it's not it you know and we could go and then go out to dinner yeah. <laughs> like, right. and you just get this um this level of depth to your relationship where you can really tell each other the truth and that's where we are um with him um but there's also another really good friend of mine dr renee rochester who i she's a person i pick up and call you know, mm. there were times where I picked up the phone and called Pop this year and bounced things off him, vented to him. Um, but Dr. Renee is somebody who knows me, knows me, knows me. Um, she's just a true, true friend. Yeah. And yeah. Um, somebody who I trust with. The girl knows more about me than anybody in the world. <laughs> and uh, she's just super trustworthy and reliable. And so that's who I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you, my yeah, friend. Thank you. For this time. Uh, yeah, sharing the wisdom. I know. I know. And and to, to, to have watched your journey for so long and seen yeah. you every step of the way and yeah. just doing these big, bold things. And then you get your first head coaching job and you absolutely crush it. And 
uh, you never could tell there was that pressure on you either. So uh, just this in- incredible light and example for all of us. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. for all you're Appreciate doing. Appreciate it. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Waterfalls. Please stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. I know that you're gonna have it your way or nothing (laughs) at all. But I think you're moving too fast. fast. Nice, Lynn. Such a good song. Wow, you have quite a voice, Lynn. Thank you. Thank you. You need to let that out of its cage. I'm, you need to chirp, sister. <laughs> I certainly do when I'm in the car. And now I am. I'm giving the gift of my singing to yeah. the Dope Village. Gift. Yes. What a <laughs> gift. Okay. Takeaways. My quick two are I absolutely love that Becky is a friggin' fighter. She is Feisty as heck. Yeah. Oh my God, I love it. I know. Um, but then you combine that with her feistiness, combined with this empathy and care mm. and understanding that relationships and getting to know people, and as she said, meet them where they are and love them where they're at, Yeah. creates a culture that is super positive and good things happen when you do that, when you build those relationships. So I loved that that combination of her. Yeah, and then so my takeaway is add in the fun factor, how she does mm-hmm. have a focus on fun and that's a key element in success. Yep, doesn't take herself too seriously, but knows when to lock in, mm-hmm. all those things. So that leads me to our question for this episode. And I'm gonna do a Lynn takeover for questions permitted. I'm interested for us to consider how can we have more fun together doing this podcast? Mm. Um, how can we have more fun together? Yeah. Uh, I, is it possible? I mean, I, I feel like we do a really good job of, of fun. Um, but together, as, yeah. a, as a you and me, partners in crime. I mean, we really should be doing them from Hawaii oh, with yes. a Mai Tai or a lava flow in our hand. That would add for the fun factor. Yes. Maybe we could do them like while paddleboarding with waterproof audio. I think that works, too. At the spa. Yeah. Oh. I mean... We haven't pulled out the plorking word in a long time. Yeah, that's but what I'm saying. We need to we need to I'm, plork more. I we're feel we're really we're really good at play and work. Um, I feel the summit ESPNW summit. Uh, we we did a good job of that. So I think we're there, Lynn. I think we can I always. Proud ev- of us. I, I think we can always evolve and grow. I wonder mm. if we can incorporate like, like that growth mindset of yours. Oh, you know, got to. I wonder if we can incorporate more dancing into the podcast. We have, we have the bad singing dialed in. Can we dance more? <laughs> Thank God it's just audio. <laughs> I would argue that my dancing is significantly better oh. than my singing. Oh. For the record, also, Becky said that my worm 
was legitimate. Like, she didn't say it was a dying worm. She just said it seemed to be a stiff worm. <laughs> a stiff worm. <laughs> no, I'm so glad you brought this up because I, I've seen you do the worm three times. And so I have a basis of comparison. The first time was years ago at an ESPNW summit. You did it with Sam Gordon. And yeah. I was impressed. I mean, yeah. it was, you had a flow. Like five feet in the air, yeah. <laughs> Number two worm was at your camp. And I, I actually oh, kind of it? put you on the spot to do it. Oh. And, and it mm. was impressive because you did it on grass and you didn't have a lot of room to maneuver, but you pulled it off. Mm. Worm number three. Uh, it might be time to retire the worm based on <laughs> worm number three. <laughs> it's really hard as you get older. Getting your spine to do that. Uh, well, maybe maybe it's just indicative that that some some yoga and some yeah some stretching would yeah. help just to get the keep the flexibility. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do worm training before my fourth episode. I, I can, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like the Splash Sisters who play basketball yeah. in their 80s and 90s. Yeah. I'm gonna be like. Oh my God, that gal's still doing the worm at 90. Look at her go. But I was shocked when you even attempted. So I give you a lot of credit for even giving it a shot. Yeah. I do. That's what happens at the summit. It just like brings it out of you. Well, they were like spinning that bottle and it spun to me. And like, God, <laughs> anyways, jeez, God. To give a visual, somehow uh, a circle emerged and someone was spinning a bottle in the middle of it. And then if it landed on you, you had to bust out your best dance move. Yeah, not my best dance move. Should have busted out my MC Hammer moves. Anyways, thanks for having some good, clean fun with us. We appreciate you. This podcast ticks because of our dope village. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of it. And on that note, thank you to our sponsors, Ally and Dick's Sporting Goods, along with our friend Kate Diaz for our theme music, which she wrote and composed. And remember, as always, kids, sing it with us. Laughter permitted. I twerked with them.